ever wanted to incorporate heirloom photography into your business or even wondered what exactly is heirloom photography? It can be a bit intimidating. Heirloom photography is different than most other family and motherhood photography, but the meaning and approach behind it doesn't have to be. Once you have all the right tools, heirloom photography can be a service that you offer your clients that set you apart from other photography businesses in your market. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today, I'm joined by Anna Claire Collier, owner of Born and Raised Studio, a traveling children's heirloom portrait studio. Anna Claire is helping us understand the importance of heirloom photography, how she got into heirloom photography, and how you too can provide these treasured photographs for your own clients. We leave no stone unturned as we discuss exactly what a session looks like, all the way from session times to pricing and products. This episode is packed with helpful information for any of you that might be interested or slightly intrigued by the beautiful artwork that is heirloom photography. So now I present to you episode number 49 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you. For those that don't know that are listening, Anna Claire is just down the road from me. I'm in Montgomery, Alabama, and she is in Auburn, Alabama, right? Yes. I have followed you for some time and just super excited to get to know you today and pick your brain a little bit. So the name of your studio is Born and Raised Studio. Yes, Born and Raised Studio. Okay. And so I want you to tell folks, for me, I didn't know of you when you were doing birth photography. I became aware of you when you started your heirloom business. And so I'd like for you to tell everybody a little about that and how it's different from what they may be used to as far as like a lifestyle photographer or a studio photographer and how you came to do something a little bit different. Absolutely. So yeah, the the birth thing, that was a very short stint. Right. Um, I very quickly, that, I mean, I guess, you know, kind of doing like the catch-all, I would kind of take anything that would come my way, just getting comfortable with my camera and I always felt like birth photography was kind of like wedding photography, except for on call. So I would think that it would be hard to be a birth photographer for very long because I just think it would be really hard on you and your family. Did you find it to be? Well, it was helpful because I was there already (laughs) some of the times or, I mean, everything I do was hard on my family because (laughs) I (laughs) work, I mean, working nights was really hard on my family. So my husband's like, anything else you can do would be wonderful. I always knew I wanted, I didn't know what to call them, but I knew I wanted these my boys. My best friend growing up had, they were from Montgomery and they had the, the they had the panels. Yeah. yeah. They had the Robertson, they had the <laughs> panels. And so I was like, well, perfect. We're here. And, you know, I was like, I want to get these my boys. Well, they didn't do them anymore. And I could not find, I like searched the world over and I was like, I cannot find anybody that is doing this. Like, and I really want these, but I didn't feel like that's something I was capable of doing. But then when I couldn't find them and the boys just kept growing, McCain was two and a half at the time and I was on maternity leave with Bo. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. And so I just studied studio photography as best I could. I ordered like a little continuous light kit off of Amazon for probably $50 and used my 10 year old camera from college and got like a seamless white backdrop. And I took these pictures and I thought they were just amazing. And it's hilarious looking back. Like they were so bad, (laughs) but it was, you know, I was like, okay, I've captured the, like their expressions were so sweet. And of course now I like analyze the lighting and everything, but yeah, I did it for the boys. And then I had friends that were like, well, I want those. And so I would like, okay, well, I'll come to your house and do that. And it just kind of grew. And I saw that like, okay, people, this is something people want. And I'm very business-minded. I come from a very long line of entrepreneurs. And so of course in my head, I'm like, okay, business idea, let's do this. And so I just took a deep dive into like studying and like, how can I get the best lighting? How can I replicate? Like these are studio portraits and it's very different from natural light. So I kind of had to unlearn what I knew from the natural light world and really embrace 
studio light, strobe lights, the continuous light was not cutting it. I knew I had to get a strobe. I had to figure it out. Tell everyone your whole business model became it, like so many people now offer heirloom portraits as um, in addition to their other offerings. But you said, I'm doing nothing but, right? Nothing but, yes. I loved it so much. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't really think that I could do both because I wanted to do, like, be the best at what I was going to do and, like, know the most about what I was doing. And I found when I was trying to do family and heirloom, switching back and forth from natural light to studio light just threw me off. I don't know. I They're so different. And the things that I would pay attention to with an individual subject in a studio setting and my lighting, just everything was so different. And to like switch back and forth to editing those, to taking those, to working with families or multiple children, to working with one subject, it was just different. And so I decided, you know what, like I'm going to go all in on this and be the best I can be with studio light and with studio sessions and with heirlooms. So yeah, I just kind of went all in and, you know, the Chick-fil-A model, all the, you know, like yeah. kind of sticking to, I was like, I want to just, it felt, it felt cleaner in my brain to be able to focus on one thing also, like to market one thing, to just, just go all in on one thing seemed to make the most sense for me. Well, I'm going to be honest. I was a little bit jealous because I say here, I've been around for a long time. And so when I started, the Robertsons in our area were three generations of studio photographers before digital hit the market. And the grandson is is still um, shooting today. But in our area, you know, they were just really respected as the studio photographers. And so Josh and I started our business and we were like the we were the first ones to be the young digital shooters in our area. And so we did that for a while. And then more and more people were doing family lifestyle. Not many people still have a studio. And I just like, I always like to sit back because we start to see changes in the industry through the years. And I'm like, what's going to be next? Like everybody's shooting, you know, beautiful lifestyle in a field. What's coming next? And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking it's studio photography. It's coming back. Like the traditional. Like with a, with a modern spin, but it's, you know, I just love it so much. And like, I think the images that I kind of am known for are studio serious, more, a little more serious, traditional portraits. And I just, I've always said, I love to shoot for one image versus like, I'm not trying to, I mean, of course you're going to tell a story when you're shooting, but I just love that one strong, that's it image, you know? And so then I saw your business and I'm like, she's doing it. It's, you know, like (laughs) a little bit jealous and a little bit, I was like high-fiving you from Montgomery because that's really what I wanted to see because I just love it so much. So thank you. And you're, I mean, I've, I've known of your work forever. (laughs) It's actually like in Montgomery and all my friends with nurse friends and everybody would show me your stuff and it's amazing. So oh, thanks. It's funny. Thank we've you. been watching each other from afar. <laughs> I know we're going to be friends now. I'm going to come yes, to Auburn. I love it. So you didn't initially have a studio, correct? Correct. So tell me what you did. Tell everyone. So I would do it out of like people come to my house or I would go to my friend's homes. You know, it was hard to get people on board at first though, to kind of spread the word because it was new to so many people. Uh-huh. Like they're like, what are you, what, what's aerial photography? What are you, what is this? you know, it was a lot of education, like a big learning curve. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to go to the people I know. And like, you know, I'm from Louisiana. Originally I had a lot of family there, started making my way to Louisiana and like, we've lived in different places. And so just, I was like, well, I'll just go to where the work is. Did your, like, let's say you went back to Louisiana and you had a friend that they would host, host you in their home. They would host, or I would, I would go to my dad's home and I would just tell people like, Hey, this is where I'm going to be. And I would just line up sessions for the day because, you know, if I'm setting up my whole studio, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I do keep it pretty simple, but yeah, I would in the wardrobe, you know, I started with just, I had my voice closed and I had some friends that had some pieces for girls. And I thought, well, you know, I'll offer this just in case people, you know, might need it, but I'm sure they'll have their own things because they're only pictures. And I was very surprised most people use the wardrobe. And so I started adding to that. 
And from being a busy mom, I was like, how can I make this just, I want people to do it. I don't want them to stress about clothes. I don't want them to stress about anything. Like I just need them to come get these pictures. I would tell them, I'm like, I've got everything. Let me just set up and do it. I did it like in an art studio one time in my hometown and then like they would market and bring in people and it just kind of grew from there. But I definitely found, I don't know if it's like was being a nurse and working long shifts. Like I really like to compartmentalize my work and like do a lot in one day and then have days for editing, like days for different things. Instead of just, you know, it's hard to go set up a whole studio set up for one family and then take it all and go do it somewhere else. So having it together was really helpful. Now you were traveling all over because I would see that I'm going to be here this day, here this day. So, I mean, you were on, you were on a plane, right? (laughs) Yes. I, yes. Eventually it's, it started in the car and it, you know, well, you you know, you start posting and then you take polls and people are like, well, I'm here. Can you come here? And I was like, sure. Why not? Was there any sort of like, I need this many sessions booked in order to come to your town or... So yes, when I would go to a new area, I did not originally require minimum because I realized like, okay, this is a fresh market. It's going to take some word of mouth. And usually the first time I would go, you know, I might get a handful of clients. Um, But then when I would go back, they would have shared and told their friends and then it would be double or triple the amount of people. And then I kind of found which areas did better. Um, And I started, you know, requiring a minimum of some places, but knowing like I would always meet my minimum in like Texas was huge is, is huge. The Dallas Houston area has always done really well. Um, and like South Louisiana. So there's definitely the pockets that, that do really well. Um, and that I go back to, but then I'll try out some new markets and I might only go there once. I generally go back to the same places and it's just kind of taking time to build those up, but, um, we definitely have a minimum now to travel. So how many, how many sessions do you typically shoot in a day when you travel? Well, when I started, um, I had a lower price point, so I had a whole different, had a whole different, um, setup. So my pricing model was 350 per child. And that was a really sweet spot for a lot of people. Um, but I was finding like, I would go to Dallas and I would do 27 sessions in a day was like the most I did. And I was like, there's just no way, like I was doing 10 to 15 minutes per kid. And I'm like, this is just not like, I, I, I didn't feel like I was giving my clients enough of me <laughs> and giving them time and um, building in time to build rapport and to make sure that I was giving them my best. So, you know, and looking at, looking at numbers and seeing like, okay, so how can we how can we make this work? Because I always travel with an assistant also, which I think has been really important to my work and getting those just really quality, consistent images. I feel like it really does kind of take two people Mm -hmm. for posing, positioning details, just kind of, um, it just really helps to have two people. So when you're looking at costs for two people, um, it had to work out, but we raised our prices and extended our time. So now a good trip, you know, we might get 10 to 12. And what do you like charge? session per child. What do you so charge now? Now there it's 650 for the first and then 1200 for two. Like there's a, a small price break per child, but it's, we don't usually get over three kids. Um, I mean, we do, you know, sometimes we'll have five in a family, but the one to one to two kids is more common. Um, so it ranged, you know, it varies out to about, you know, 625, 650 per kid. What does that include? So when we raised from, cause we made the price jump from 400 per child to the 650. And that was a change for people, but we did start to include digitals, which I never thought that I would do. I mean, I always had them as an option to purchase, but, um, I just found, I don't know, so many of my clients just, I think the security of knowing that they have them, if anything happened, um, people just like to have their digitals and if they're making this investment, they, it hasn't slowed sales. It hasn't prevented them from like also printing and framing. They just like to have their digitals. So the 650 does now include the digitals. 
And because we aren't doing the same volume with the price rise, we're able to do a lot more in-person sales and just kind of have more like consultation and one-on-one time with the clients. So I think it's just provided a better client experience, but what they tangibly get is that's the session fee and our, um, the session fee and the digitals. So all the digitals? Yeah. Well, five. So they get five um, in color and five in black and white. So we have a proofing process. We send 20 to 25 um, of each child, and then we go through the favorites with them and then we'll edit them and send them back and they'll be able to download those completed images. So you've got two, so you, you are either doing travel sessions or you're doing, you now have a studio, correct? Yes. So when you're traveling, are you doing any kind of in-person sales there or they're just, you're just shooting. And then when you go back, then they get an online gallery. When I travel, it depends if I'm flying or driving. Um, I'll try to bring, you know, I'll bring some samples so that people can kind of put their eyes on things, but typically, you know, it's a little not, I mean, it's not chaotic, but you know, you're, yeah, yeah. you're done with the session. You've got the kids, like, you know, you're trying to talk, but the kids are kind of over it. And so it's, I've found that's not a great time to do any in-person sales, but are you doing sell? Like, are you, how are you walking them through the sales process with the gallery? Are you doing any kind of virtual or just emailing and offering suggestions or. So we've, um, at the time of the session, I will say we have a product catalog that has kind of like what to expect next and then has like all of our framing options and everything in that. So we have that catalog to give them. And then we also have like an electronic version of that catalog that we send leading up to the session and we send after the session. So they can be prepared for it and they can ask questions during the session. Like, okay, I saw this frame what do you, you know, if they have questions during the session, they can ask, but they can already kind of be aware of what the next steps look like. And then um, once they get their favorites back, then we like schedule a consult to discuss, you know, like where their frame is going to go, what size do they need? Um, Just kind of answer any of those questions. And a lot of people just like to go on our website and order them themselves because they're pretty familiar with it. We don't have a huge product offering. We try to keep it pretty simple. And I would, I would imagine most people order products. Um, yes. Just yes, most people name, order products. Just the nature of heirloom um, photography is to get that portrait on the wall. So um, do you mind sharing um, what do most people buy and like a typical sale? What does that look like? It's, you know, and talking about the sales too, I, I definitely put like the bigger investment on this session itself. I don't do a huge markup on my um, framing and orders because it's, it's funny. I have so many clients that said like, oh gosh, I felt so pressured before or like where everybody's like building a house or moving and they don't know where these things are going to go. And they don't want to feel like I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose this opportunity to buy these. I don't want to get the wrong thing. So, I mean, sometimes people come back two years later Mm -hmm. and okay, I'm ready to order. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the house is done. Um, so I kind of leave the ball in their court for that, but eventually everyone comes through and orders. Um, they might start with just prints, um, but I would say most people get, um, we have like a little brass five by seven folding frame um, that's really popular because it's just, you can stick it anywhere. Like just having that, I think that's a really classic mm-hmm. size for that. Um, if they're going to have them hanging on the wall, a lot of people do either an eight by 10. We don't sell a lot of 11 by 14, but a lot of eight by 10 or 16 by 20. Um, and all of our frames are framed like locally. Um, I'm just weirdly particular. I print all of my, I actually have like a whole printing setup in my studio. Um, so I do all of my own prints and we take them to a local framer. So they all have a three inch mat. Um, but that I would say that would be the most, common size would be 18 not 18 sorry 16 by 20 or 8 by 10 and most people get the gold the gold frames we have two gold frames and that's definitely the most popular well your products are so beautiful everyone should definitely go to your website um and your your instagram like you do a really like we talk a lot here about showing what you want to sell and if you want to you know if you're 
if you're trying to transition from shoot and burn to selling more wall art and albums and, and products that you have to show that. And I think you just do a great job of that. Um, so everyone should check that out. Thank you. It's funny. I feel like I don't show enough of it. I'm like, I, I struggle so much with content and just remembering to, to do it and to show that. And I feel like I could do so, so much better in that area, but. Well, I can tell um, you have great taste and in, in your, um, you can see that you're selling what you love. So um, thank you. Okay. So I want you to tell everyone, okay. I have one more question before we get into um, the heirloom Academy. So you mentioned that you traveled with an assistant. Um, Do is that assistant shooting now? Do you have an associate photographer? Tell me um, more about that. So, um, Yes, I hired, I knew I knew it wasn't going to be feasible for me to just continue to travel the way I was traveling. Um, I think we did last year we did 415 sessions. I think we went to like 30 different cities. I mean, it was oh insane. Um, it, it was great, but it I, it just wasn't. It's not sustainable. Um, so I, my best thought was I want somebody that lives in Auburn that's local that I can train that I can send out, you know, I just, I didn't have a firm plan of what that would look like because I didn't know how much control I could let go of. And if the photography aspect of that could be replicated, I guess, um, I didn't know, you know, like I knew I wanted my clients to have like the exact same quality that I was providing and the same look and everything to be consistent. And so Allison is my associate photographer. And so I brought her on and she started off as kind of like a catch-all and doing like social media, just kind of being an assistant, but, you know, being at all the shoots and learning the ins and outs. And, you know, she, she dabbled in photography before, but I kind of wanted someone that wasn't already a photographer, which sounds crazy, but I really wanted, I wanted, I, I truly feel like the, the technical aspect of taking the photos. Yes. You have to have an app for it. I don't think just anyone can do it, but I think where the magic comes in is in your demeanor and how you just like how you relate to the children, how you relate to the parents, how you approach the business and what you're offering. And I think that that is so much more important than any other aspect because you can't really teach that. And so when I hired her, I just felt like she was like her demeanor and everything about her was perfect for my brand. And then, you know, if I could teach her to do the photography aspect of it and do it really well and send her out, that would be the ultimate goal. And she has done amazing. Like I fully trust her. Like, I mean, I send her out um, and I'll, I'll send an assistant with her. So she'll, she'll usually have someone with her depending on like how many sessions we have, but she's done an amazing job and it's giving, given me a lot of confidence that like, okay, this can be replicated. It can be, you know, if you have all the pieces in place, other people can do this really successfully also. I get, because we too have associate photographers, I get that question a lot. Like, do you recommend it? What advice do you have? And that's what I say is like, you can teach the photography. You have to hire for the person because they become, like you said, like you didn't know if you could hand it over and if they would do is, you know, do it the same way. And I think we all like wrestle with that. Like we reach a point where we know we can't either we're exhausted and we can't go at the same pace that we're going, or like we've kind of, we've gone as far as we can. And if we want to scale, then we have to add team teammates to, you know, to the team. And, but when you have your own business, you know, you are the brand. And so you have to really find someone that you trust to, um, to treat your business like it's their own and to represent the brand, you know, the way you, you do. And so did you know your photographer? Did you, how did you find her? I did not. She was in Auburn and, um, I interviewed her and uh, kind of more for just like an assistant position at one point. And she, she had a full-time job, but she was kind of looking to get out of that. And, uh, you know, but I 
I was still kind of on the fence. I'm like, oh, oh gosh, I don't know if I can take on this extra cost and, you know, having, you know, bringing on a, a full-time employee and I'd hate for you to leave your job. And, and what if this doesn't work out or, you know, taking that leap. And then she finally decided, she's like, this is what I want to do. And so a few months later, I mean, we talked again and we both kind of took that leap and here we are. Yeah. That's another thing. Take it slow. And if you, you know, if you, you think that's the direction that you want to head, just don't be in any hurry. And I think that when you meet that person, you'll know. You just know. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like it's like that chemistry or that trust that you, you don't really question it when you find the right person. So, yes. Okay. Well, tell us your newest venture. Tell us about Heirloom Academy. How did that come <laughs> to be and what is it? Well, it's funny. And I don't know if you know this. So my good friend, Ellen Wagner, I actually Ellen. did not realize that, like, I did not know that the motherhood anthology existed. I keep so in my, like, I don't really listen to any business podcast, any, like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't listen to a lot or read a lot of other, I don't, know, I don't, I don't get out there a lot. I guess I need to do that more. And Ellen was like, do you know about this? I'm like, I have no idea. Please tell me. And so I found your podcast and I binged like every episode. I I mentioned you in a few episodes. Well, back. she told Did me, you? she's like, she's like, <laughs> Kim mentioned you, you've got to go listen to that. And I was like, no way. That's so cool. So, but I then I just started listening to all of them. Okay. So there's this whole community, photographers out here and, oh, we can actually share and have a community and it doesn't have to be competition and we can learn from each other. Like it was, I know I'm like completely behind the ball on all of this apparently as I'm learning but I'm like this is like amazing so I was really inspired by that and Ellen had been telling me she's like you've got to go into like education like you've got to tell people what you know like I think I think this would be so great like we we would talk all the time and um, just bounce ideas and I don't know she just really encouraged me to kind of go in that direction and I was like Ellen I don't know (laughs) But yes, I did not know the first thing about my course or if that's something I was even capable of doing. I love the idea of it because I love to teach. I've taught a lot of clinicals. Like I just love, I love teaching and I love photography and business. And um, so, yeah, I got pregnant and, you know, my oldest is seven and we wanted another baby, but it had not, we had had several losses and we just didn't think it was in the cards and it happened. And I was like, okay, I slow like I can't I'm not gonna be able to travel things are things are looking different and it was just like kept being laid on my heart to like okay maybe you need to go into the education space so I just did (laughs) it's like I can't believe like how it happened I was just it got into my head I couldn't get it out of my head I contacted like a local media team um, because I knew if I was going to do it I didn't I'm a very firm believer in like having the professionals do what they do. Like I'm not yeah. going to try to learn how to build my own online course. Uh, I know that I know what I have to offer and it is not professional videography and outlining a course. So I got with a local team that was amazing and they helped me with this whole, like we made a script and we made courses and we broke everything out and we got it organized. And what we thought was going to be maybe six courses turned into 22. Wow. Um, smaller courses. And it just, once we started, I started kind of putting pen to paper and, okay, how do I take everything from like the business aspect to the photography aspect? There's just every, you know, everything that goes, goes in all the trial and and summing that up into a course, it, it got pretty long, but yeah, I think it's great. I'm really excited about it. So you have the course. Yes. So I have the course and again, because I, I, I guess because I like to learn by trial and error. I put the course out there. Then I also have memberships and the course wasn't quite ready. It was taking longer than we anticipated just with the amount of volume. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and launch memberships. And what that looked like was they're like three month terms. And so people that are already photographers or maybe like wanting to get into it, get into airline photography would join the membership and it included coaching hours, editing services, all kinds of things. And so basically I would just work with them one-on-one on getting 
their heirloom photography business started. And what I'm finding that the memberships are great and the course is great, but I've decided that I'm going to combine them because as I've launched the course and I've had people purchase the course, you know, especially new photographers that are like, you know, like I'm just a mom with a camera. I'm like, you're not just a mom with a camera. That's, that's the hardest, you know, like you're, you're a mom, like you already have all this wonderful experience and you can, you know, you do great with kids. I'm sure you know how to relate to children. Like you're already off to a great start, but maybe they just need a little guidance on just very specific nuance things with, with the equipment or um, just questions they have. And I found my desire to help coach them through even like past the course, not just here's the course, but I want them to also have access to me to be able to ask those questions and continue to learn. I just feel like that's important. I've decided to just kind of merge those and only for the course, probably every like three months, but the course will include a, like a three month membership. That's cool. So that they can, I just don't, I don't want people, it's a big investment, you know, I don't want people to take it and then not do anything. Right. Well, it's nice to have that support. You know, like you said, like there's so many courses and it's nice to be able to ask questions and get feedback as you work through that. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll search for hours to find the answer. One little thing, why is one little thing not working? And it's so much more helpful just than somebody to text and say, how do I fix it? Why is this not working? And you also have an affiliate program? Yes. And so the affiliate program is kind of my overarching goal with the membership and the course. So because I can't be everywhere um, and I don't want to be everywhere, I don't need to be the main photographer in every big city across the U.S. Um, It's not feasible. And there's just there's such a big market for it. And I love heirloom portraiture so much. And I want it to like stick this time not to go away. I thought, how cool would it be if I could have affiliates who basically, you know, when somebody, because people contact us because we travel, they contact us from all over the U.S. And so we've got a pretty big funnel of clients that reach out and we just can't reach everyone. So I thought it would be so cool if I could train photographers to do work that is consistent with born and raised quality and to offer the same products, same client experience. And send when people inquire, I could send them the photographer in their area that we represent. So that's my yeah. ultimate goal. It's, I mean, it would, it's a membership, but it's a it's a much higher level membership. It's very um, I, don't know, I mean, we send leads, we provide marketing, we um, it it it's a whole team kind of mentality. kind of like a a franchise, but not a franchise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My, I, I was like, I'm going to franchise, but I do not have the bandwidth to franchise. Yeah. So you be your own business and I'm going to support you. Um, so yes, well, it, it's like a franchise, but without all of the, the nuances of a franchise. Well, I just think it's so cool that you, because, you know, there, there are a lot of photographers these days. Um, and we're always talking about like, you know, be different, be different. Um, but how, you know, like there's only so many, you know, things you can do to, to be different, but you found a way to do something different and be different. And I just love that, that in a busy market, you did something and stood out and congratulations. Thank you. And to that note, you know, it's been hard and you, you think like, okay, I've got this thing. And then so many people start doing it. That, yeah, that was another well. thing that led me into this. I was like the feeling of, and when I listened to your podcast, it was so, I don't know. It just like stirred my soul so much because wrestling with that feeling of competition, like every time I would see somebody that like my entire business, <laughs> yeah. you know, I would just get so I'm like, oh gosh, this is everything I worked so hard for. And I had well, to figure this out and it was so hard. I'm like, oh wait. I could turn like, this could be a good thing. People obviously want to do this. What if I could come behind them and support them instead of just trying to keep my place, you know? Well, I know that, you know, I think we even started this talking about community and community over competition. But if I've learned anything in my life and in business is that if you do anything well, you're going to have people that are going to, I don't know, copies the right word, but you know, half of it's, half of it's inspiration. Like 
but you pave the way. I mean, you've done, you do the hard work when you're the kind of the first person in the market to do something different. And then when it's successful, you do inspire others to do that. And you've made it easy <laughs> for them to do it the way you're doing it. And so I will just like that. I know how frustrating that is. Like I've had that happen more than once. I think any of us, like I said, that, that have had any success probably have experienced that, but I guess the lesson that I've learned is that, you know, you just have to put your energy into, you know, marching ahead and doing the things that you do and keeping your eyes in front of you. And um, so you have done that. And you, like I said, I want everybody to go check, check you, tell it. Well, I have a few, few fun questions for you, but go ahead and tell them where they, they can, um, they can find you. Okay, so either with Instagram um, at Born and Raised Studio or our website, bornandraisedstudio.com. It's probably the best way to reach us. We have a contact page on there or DM. I love email. I like I truly will email you back within 24 hours. It's not gonna go into some void DMs. We get a lot of DMs, so we try to get through those quickly and respond, you know, within 48 hours. But email is probably the best way. Um, to contact and get the fastest response. I check all my emails twice a day and in the morning and like at nine and four, I check my emails. You said, I love email. That's something we don't hear. I, very I do. I, I, I don't know what it is about. I love emails. And it's like my biggest pet peeve when I reach out to someone that I hear about for a while. Maybe I'm the only person that loves their email. What's your Enneagram number? Have you okay. taken it? I did. I'm a seven. Okay. Um, you're, you're a fun girl then. Which is surprising. Well, it's funny because I'm a seven, but I'm like, I feel like I'm such an introvert. Um, I, would, well, I guess I'm not a social seven. Yeah. That's a thing. But um, yes, somehow I ended up being seven. It wasn't one. <laughs> okay. So I have a few fun questions for you. Okay. So. This question I did not send you, but I want to ask because you've said several times um, that you come from a long, a long line of, uh, you've said several times you come from a long line of entrepreneurs. And I've said before here that I think a lot about like, what is it that makes some of us so driven and some, some people just don't ever find the confidence to, you know, kind of chase after their dreams. So what do you think it was that you sound like a go-getter and like your wheels are always turning. What do you think that is? Where, where did that come from? Um, it definitely, I mean, if I didn't have, if, I mean, my, my dad's entire side, I mean, every single person on my dad's side are entrepreneurs. They all have their own business. They have all failed miserably and they have all been wildly successful. I mean, just the gamut of summer. Did he encourage you? Did he encourage you? Oh yeah. I mean, Oh, I've like, since I was six, I've been, you know, learning about business and what in taxes and what, you know, how to, you know, what, what's the best way to work for yourself or should you go into a service industry? Should you be in a product? Should, you know, I was always coming up with inventions and running by my dad. Okay. So if I did, if I did this or if I had this business, he would break it down for me. That would be good. But if you thought about this, what um, does he do? So my dad has. He got into supply chain 30 years ago. And from from that, he's kind of, he's gotten into software for supply chain. He's gotten into all these different mm-hmm. branches of distribution and um, in supply chain. Okay. And my grandfather was like in the staffing business and then he, he did all kinds of things. I love it that you said that they have all been wildly successful and failed miserably. Do you think it's that, uh, that there, that permission to like, it's okay permission if you fail? fail. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, fun fact, I wasn't going to share this, but I'll share it. So I did not go to Auburn for nursing school. I went to Auburn. I was going to go into the PA program. I got accepted. I was going to be a surgical PA. I had my life all planned out, nothing risky. Just, I was going to do that. And my aunt and uncle on my dad's side have ice cream shop franchises. It's actually frozen custard mm-hmm. and they've done really well. And my dad, um, I spent the summer with him before I went to PA. I was going, before I was going to go to PA school, 
and I was engaged. I mean, I, we were like 21, like, you know, I was about to start my whole big life. So I was like, I'm going to go spend some time with my dad. This is the last time, you know, I'll get to do that. And he was like, you know, you've got such a strong work ethic. I feel like you should start an ice cream business. <laughs> and in Daphne, where we're from, because I was going to be in school in Mobile, he's like, I mean, it'll be profitable in the first year. Then you can, it can pay for your school. It's going to be great. I was like, absolutely. Let's do it. And we did it. Like I, <laughs> I opened an ice cream shop in April. I got married in June. It was not successful, but I learned so much. I mean, I think if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be where I am because I put my heart and soul into it. I, I just knew I could do it and I failed and I was, I had to accept that failure, but I got to take everything I learned from it and apply it to other ventures. And so I had to get, I had to, I went to nursing school. So I was like, okay, well, I, I need to make money. I need a job. So I did an accelerated like one year program and it's just been a whirlwind ever since, but definitely, I mean, failing has been the thing that, I mean, I just know it's going to be okay. Like there's always going to be an alternate route. I don't have to be embarrassed if I fail. Um, you just go for it. You know, I think that's the biggest lesson there. I love that. I have similar failures and there's something, and I can remember early in life when I didn't have the confidence to think everything was going to be okay, no matter what. But when I think you do reach that point of, I can figure this out. If it doesn't work, I'll figure something else out. Like, I think when you, (laughs) that's the, that's the magic, I think, in like entrepreneurship and life really is like, it'll, it'll, you know, it'll be okay. What is that? What's that quote? If it's, everything's going to be okay in the end and it's not okay. It's not the end. Is that how it goes? I haven't heard that. That feels feels very true to my life. (laughs) Things that I thought would be the end of my life weren't. And so I'm like, okay, you can do this. Yeah. Okay. So I have another question then. What's the best piece of advice you were ever given? Hmm. Okay. So I read that question and I worked really hard to come up with an answer. And, you know, I don't know if it's like a single, I don't know that there's like a single piece of advice that I could point to, but you had mentioned like a favorite book or podcast. And Mm -hmm. I feel like these kind of go together. So I listen, um, I've listened to Tim Keller like every day while I edit for years and years and years. And I read his book, Every Good Endeavor. And I think the biggest thing for me is just been to sit back and to realize that like, I am not in control and that I need to give my best and it's going to work out the way it's going to work out. And that if I'm not, if the work that I'm doing is not serving a better purpose and a bigger good, then like, what am I doing this for? Um, Because, you know, you get to a level, you're like, okay, I've made it. I'm financially stable. I've you know, you reach these benchmarks that you think you're like, okay, if I could just get to this, then I'll be successful. If I could just do this. But at the end of the day, none of it's really worth it. If it's not life-giving to you and to your family and to the people around you. And so I think just sitting with that and has been really probably the biggest change I've noticed in my business and just in my like personal life to be able to balance the two and find joy in both. Good answer. Yeah, so. It's funny how sometimes we, well, I think we spend like the first half of our life work, 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 or like headed, we think we're headed towards something like we're going to get there, you know, and then we can yeah. live and relax. And, but the longer I live, the more I realize you never get there. Like you never get there. <laughs> you never yeah. get there. Like it, you never it get truly there. it's, it doesn't matter how much success or money or whatever, like, it's, you're never, you don't reach a destination. Like they say, it's all about, you know, finding joy in the journey. And and you don't get that time back with your kids and, you know, yeah, it's so fun to work hard, but to also realize like, yeah, you're, you're in the journey. You're in it. You're in it every day. It's not, there's and I, not an angle. Yeah. And I mean, and I think there, there is, I think we all do need to hustle. Like that, that is a phase of our life that teaches lots of lessons and, we, you know, it does 
you know, getting you getting to success, whatever that is, does require some hard work and hustle. But I won't ever forget, like I talk about my dad here a lot, you know, he passed away and at a pretty young age, 54. And I, and I'm getting pretty close to that now. And I remember just like it was yesterday, he said one day, he said, I'm going to start having some fun because I'm not going to live forever. And he did like, he started like, he was always a fun guy, but like he did lots more of like going and things with his friends and, you know, and so the closer I get to that age, the more I think, oh, this is what he was going through in his life. Like when you start to get um, a little older, you start looking around and go, what's all this work for anyway? (laughs) You know, like what is the, what's my purpose with all of this, you know? And so anyway, that's pretty deep for a photography podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. And I, I, I love that you do share that because, you know, I, and I've noticed that you've, you've brought up your dad several times and shared that. And I think that is so important to, to hear and to remember. And yeah, I get, yeah. I feel, you know, and I mean, I'm only 30, well, what am I for 36, Seven. but 36 or so. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those, um, <laughs> but you know, like we're starting to get into that phase. Like we're, you know, like so many friends are have cancer and things are popping up and we're just losing just losing family members and it's, you know, it just hits you and you have to really think, you know, what is this for? What, you know, what are my priorities? But definitely still important to like, still important to work hard, but loving what you do and doing it in the right way. I love watching this shift from, I think like generations before us that thought they had to get a stable job and they had to work there for so many years because they had good, you know, retirements and retirement and benefits. And like, there's been such a shift to this, not working, you know, your whole life to enjoy retirement, but finding joy, you know, and being able to, you know, I'm teaching my kids, like, don't ever feel tied, tied to a job if you're miserable, do something else. You get one life, you know, find what makes you happy. Okay. Let me ask you, you want to share a business mistake? What do you feel like is your biggest mistake? My biggest mistake would probably, even though it seems like I've stayed so confined to heirloom, like I will get these ideas and I will just run with them in my head. You may never see them, Um, but I'll Mm -hmm. go off on tangents, like, okay, I'm going to start doing this or, you know, and on the back end, I'm investing so much time and money and energy into this thing that I think is going to be some great tangent or addition, um, Mm -hmm. to the business instead of just staying the course and doing what's working. I mean, you know, and some of those things pay off, but I think not staying focused and just over investing, Cause I'll have years where, and you know, y'all talked about this on the podcast, like that's great that your gross sales were half a million dollars, but what did you net not paying attention to my finances and just, you know, letting these ideas take off and funding these ideas when, and not paying attention to the numbers that that's probably my biggest weakness. And um, that's probably where I've made the most mistakes. Yeah. I think, cause I'm, you know, I am like that too. It's so funny. Um, Josh and I'll get together, my business partner. And when there are other people around, especially like associate photographers or people or our team at the lab, and we'll just, we'll, we can just bounce ideas off of each other for hours. And it's just like the look that comes over um, everyone's face. And it's not that we both know that's our process. Like we're not going to do 99.9% of all the things that we talk about, but you got to like, talk through them and put it out there and, you know, to, to figure out if it's a good idea or not. So, and two, like, I think, you know, yes, like all, we all, all creatives, like we have to, we need to focus more, but I do think they're like, we are wired to have all these ideas. And um, I think if we didn't like, we didn't spend some time with those, we would be bored to tears too. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I know my husband's realized now he's like, he lets me process through, but he used to just get this look of like horror uh, and panic yeah, on his oh face and <laughs> bring up something. And now he, he's like, okay, you're going to, you're going to process through this and you're not going to do it, but we've got to talk it out. Okay. Talk. Yeah. Well, That's I have true. one last question before I let you go. And okay. I'd like to know how you define success. 
Okay, so I did write out the answer to this one. I thought about it. So obviously that definition has, we talked about how that kind of has shifted throughout my career. But I think now it looks like obviously being able to bring, let's say bringing in enough income to justify the time investment away from my family and providing like a lasting impact, whether that's with my clients and providing them with these like treasures that they're going to genuinely pass down for generations. Um, And I really think just helping others not have to go through, I mean, and this is, this is new. This is with this new endeavor, but my hope and my, my idea of success with the heirloom Academy would definitely be helping others not have to go through as much trial and error and ups and downs as I had to go through to get to the place where I am and to be able to be successful and happy and have this outlet for themselves. So I think just bringing, bringing more good into the world, hopefully yeah. <laughs> would be more my idea of success than what it used to look like. Very cool. Well, thank you, Anna Claire. This has been fun. And like I said, now, like now that I know, like we're both our wheels kind of turn in the same direction, it makes me want to come, come visit even more. So we'll have to try to get together soon. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. Okay. We're going to, I know you told everybody where they could find you earlier. Um, so we'll definitely put that in the, the show notes. So definitely want to let everybody know they should check you out, check out, find you on Instagram and um, like I said, your work's so beautiful and your choice of products are, are so cool. And I think everybody will, will love, love to see it. So thank you, Anna Claire. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. I so appreciate individuals like Anna Claire who share openly and freely how their business works. Thank you so much, Anna Claire, for joining me today and being so generous with telling us all about your journey from nursing into the successful business you own and run today. People like you make business entrepreneurship less daunting and give us all the courage to try new things. Anna Claire spoke about the Motherhood Anthology membership today, and I didn't want this episode to go by without sharing with you this link to our waitlist, membership.themotherhoodanthology.com. Go ahead and hop on the list so you're the first to know when we reopen for new members. And while you're there, check out our free course, How to Market to Fill Your Calendar. This is a great tool to go ahead and start improving your business profitability and marketing completely free to you. So I love this quote by Zig Ziglar. He said, you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough others get what they want. So from Ireland to yours, until next time, friends.